Hello and welcome to the Fox Rugby Podcast. It's been another great week of Super Rugby AU and joining me to take this all through it is former Wallaby Rod Kafer. Kafe, how are you, mate? Tony, I am well. How are you? I'm very good, mate. Now, if I said to you the names Johnny Briggs and Darren Goff, what would that, what would that bring up in your mind? A little bit of English cricket, I suspect. Yep, yep. Um, they're two guys who've taken hat tricks on the SCG and joining us for another one who has got a hat trick on the SCG, Jake Gordon. Jake, welcome, mate. Uh, congratulations on the hat trick. Thank you, mate. No, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. How, uh, mate, how was it after that win on, on the weekend? You guys obviously uh, look... You know, I'll be the first to admit, I was very surprised at the result. And, um, mate, coming out and scoring a hat-trick on the SCG must have been pretty satisfying as well. Yeah, look, I, you know, personally, it was really good to be back out there. Um, you know, it's something, uh, as a team, we've been striving for the whole year. Um, and to be able to play, uh, you know, a, a style of rugby that we've been training um, and actually putting that out on the field and, I guess, showing not just our supporters, but... You know, the rugby community, the positive rugby we want to play and actually, you know, sort of finishing off that off. So um, it was really nice to be out there, like I said, and, you know, joining the team and also playing a really positive brand of rugby. Jake, you've sat around and watched a little bit of rugby this year, finally, through injury, got, getting back on the field. Um, what, what do you see as the big differences, maybe even from last year to this year and perhaps even the, the start of the season to where you are now? First, to touch on last year to this year for me. Yeah, like you said, I, I had about five and a half, six months off um, and it was sort of a good time for me to sort of reflect on my personal game um, and, you know, something uh, definitely last year that's probably changed from this year is probably my speed to the breakdown. Um, we had a really gruelling pre-season um, and put me in a good spot to, uh, one, be fitter um, and a focus point for me was sort of my first three steps post-passing. Um, sort of on that positive line to get a second touch or, or I guess get to that breakdown a little bit quicker. Um, and also, obviously, with the halfback, you touch the ball the most in the field. Um, you know, my core skills is another big one I've been working on. Passes, you know, especially for a taller halfback like myself, to be able to shift that point of contact quicker uh, was something I needed to work on. And, um, you know, kicking's always, you know, especially in the Waratahs, you know, we do kick the ball quite a lot in sort of different areas of the field. And, you know, uh, so obviously, like I said, speed to the breakdown has been a few major things I've had to work on. Cool. Yeah, and um, and, sorry. and from, a, sorry, Swaney, from a team perspective, just give me, give me a sense of maybe where that, you know, this transition for the team. A lot of senior players left, obviously, after the World Cup, as we always mm-hmm. see. And now this new team, what's, what's it like? What are the changes? What can we look forward to? Well, yeah, like I think... Um, you sort of look at our team now, a really young team. Um, and ever since Rob, Rob Penny, our head coach, came in, uh, he's been very enthusiastic about the way we play with the ball. Um, you know, can, obviously with young guys, they're very enthusiastic. Um, and Rob's been right up, you know, pushing us to really test our skill. To, doesn't matter what sort of weather conditions you're in. Um, back, your, back what you're good at and make sure you deliver it. And, you know, he's been very enthusiastic, like I said, with the younger boys. Um, and like I said, that first half of the game was probably, you know, same conditions as the other four games that we saw, um, where it's quite dewy. Uh, but we were really impressed with the way that uh, didn't matter where we were on that field. If we saw an opportunity, 
we seem to capitalise on that. Um, and you saw, you know, uh, in recent weeks, we probably were guilty of that last pass not sticking. Um, you know, that's something we addressed during the week. We said, score the try. And, you know, if that doesn't come, then look for the offload, uh, which was probably something that really worked. You saw guys running really good lines, um, you know, first and foremost, trying to make a break and then looking for offloads after that instead of sort of rushing that and putting pressure on the guy outside you. That that youth in the squad, Jake, is that something that you guys, like you you personally are excited about? Yeah, you know, I think... You know, after watching the 20s in Argentina last year, there's obviously a lot of talent there. Um, <clears throat> and I was lucky enough to play a few games for Country Eagles with some of the guys like Joey Walton and Mark Nogatasi. He's obviously very talented. All of them are very talented. You've got Angus Bell up front, great ball-carrying prop, and, and Will Harris, who's a, you know, a, a, a very athletic number eight. Um, and I love playing with Will Harrison. He's a little guy. He's very tough. Um, got a few stitches on the weekend, which he's pretty proud about. But... You know, I've, you know, obviously, like Bernard, follow another tough 10, and he's a bit more athletic than Bernard. Uh, a, bit, a, bit, a bit short on the skin folds too. No, he's a bit of a thicker bloke uh, with small fingers, but I've obviously really enjoyed playing Will Harris, a really athletic guy who likes to take on the line. Yeah, he's and, he's um, been a brave type of a player, hasn't he? Um, as you said, tough. Uh, how have you seen him develop in the last, you know, six months as opposed to what you'd seen previously of him? Yeah, I, I think the first time I met was probably about three years ago and then I said, um, no, probably probably about two years ago and he was playing, I think, for the Sydney Rays at the time. <clears throat> and obviously, athletically, you know, you don't just, that doesn't just happen. You sort of have that or you don't. Um, but something he's worked really hard on is his core skills like me. Um, as you saw on the weekend, he's been out on, on the training paddock for about an hour longer than everyone else practicing his goal kicking. You know, I think, you know, it's, it's great to, you know, to be able to score trials on the edge <clears throat> and have a, have a guy who's kicking eight from eight. Um, that's just one of the examples. And obviously his catch pass has gone through the roof. Um, and he's, you know, the way we play an expansive game, we need to have a nine and 10 who can shift the point of contact and I guess, you know, make the most of those, uh, overlaps out wide. Hey, Jack, I want to take you back to that comment you made before about your first three steps after the pass and just go into that a little bit deeper for our young halfbacks at home, no doubt, who will yeah. be watching. But, you know, talk, us, talk us through how you're working on that, what you're doing and the, and the things and why that's important to you. Yeah, well, something I've been working on recently a little bit is, which I'm still not great at being a taller halfback, but Lowering my body height on the approach to the breakdown, you know, especially with the taller halfback, when you come from such a high height to your dip, it's very obvious for the defensive line when you're going to pass the ball. Um, and that's something that's been very hard for me because I come from such a high height to a drop, the defensive line straight away turn their target. So the approach has been quite big for me on lowering my height so I don't give away those visual cues. And then after passing that ball, traditionally I'd stand very tall because I felt comfortable there. I'm losing quite a lot of time. Um, so the focus has been once, you know, sort of firing that ball, I'm on the go. I've just got to get going. And, you know, that took, that took a long time because, you know, habits are a long time, take a long time to fix. And that started at training um, at, 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 sort of during pre-season. I realised <clears throat> sort of especially those wide breakdowns, I was missing a few opportunities on the inside too. And uh, me and Wits sort of just addressed, you know, let's get out of the box quicker. Um, so 
that's been a real focus, you know, lowering my body height on the, as, as I'm approaching that ruck. And as soon as I pass, don't watch your pass go. Hey, um, you told me on the weekend after you scored your three tries that you hadn't scored some for a while, but you were a, when you first burst onto the scene a couple of years ago, you were a real try scorer, and that's the, I think, you, you know, you might have led the shoot, shoot shield some years ago in try scoring, and then the NRC, you scored bags of them, um, got to the Waratahs and continued that. Is this the sort of adjustment that you hope maybe will bring that back for you, that, that backup? It certainly worked on the weekend. You, you, you snuck a few little backup plays down the middle of the field to get the ball, which was nice. Yeah, and uh, look, obviously with playing expansive game, uh, like I said, um, <clears throat> probably last year's a bit of an example where we were quite probably conservative around how we played the game. Um, and this year, you know, it's it's you know, when you've got that overlap and you can see the boys screen for it. I almost head on the 45. And, you know, I watched myself last year, for example. I didn't even go to the 45 straight away. I pretty much worked directly across the field. So I was almost anticipating that we weren't going to get what we wanted. Um, but I was yeah. noticing probably parts of the start of the year, almost with the Crusaders, was finding myself on the 45 a bit more. Um, and that Lions game, we were quite expansive. The, the Blues and the Rebels game, we probably didn't play that expansive rugby which we wanted to play. But with expansive rugby, you obviously find one-on-ones. Um, and, you know, we've got some dangerous outside backs. And I found myself approaching more on the 45. And a lot of halfbacks get their tries from, you know, those second touches on the inside. Well, they don't do a great deal, of, you know, of the hard yards. But... Um, that's probably something I really noticed with, you know, the difference between last year and this year where we're probably playing a more positive game of rugby that my running line's more on the 45 predicting a line break compared to a neutral carry. Um, so, yeah. Who, who are some of the scrum halves that you look at, um, you know, that you look up to potentially maybe in the past or even currently that are really good at that skill? I've sort of looked, uh, I've looked at several halfbacks, but, there's a few. Tyro Kerbalo uh, used to play for the Chiefs. Yeah. And I've, I've played him maybe once or twice, but sort of just before he left the Chiefs. And he was like a um, a very dominant halfback, had a lot of presence on the field, uh, really good in the contact area. And like, uh, uh, how would I say, uh, quite flary, really good around sort of the one, two, three defense around the ruck and was quite creative. And I remember I played him one time in Hamilton. And he scored a double, and I was like, oh, "Cut the f word out." Anyway, and I was watching him, and then I watched, and you know, I watched him after, and he's—I guess he was just fearless. Like he caught a ball on the inside for a double touch, he flicks it around the back. You know, it's kind of unheard of for a halfback to be pulling that sort of. The only wingers do that around the back to a try under the post. The next one he gets out, he does like that. You know, that ball that Gregan used to like flick on the inside, and you know, he's—I went through on one of the plays, and he hit me with everything, and like. You know, he's probably a halfback I really, after sort of started to watch a little bit, watched the Chiefs since I think it was 13 and 14 when they were quite good. And I was really impressed just by his physical attributes and how crafty he was around the ruck. Um, he's probably one guy I really liked. And Juice Van that big halfback um, from South Africa, uh, he's just a, a you know, a big, dominant ball carrier. Um, really good. You know, I still remember the tackle he did on Jonah Lomu. Um, but, yeah, I really like the way – and it's sort of some similarities between our height. Um, you know, obviously, there are great halfbacks like Aaron Smith, um, you know, Fafta Clerk, there's, you know, Murray, whoever they are. But, you know, I sort of look at those players 
we're different players. You know, he's they're a smaller halfback, um, and you know, I, I could try my whole career to pass like Aaron Smith, and you know what? I'd only, I probably wouldn't get anywhere near it. So, something I've sort of learned over time is, like I said before, I've always got to work on my core skills. That's always going to be something that I need to work on, but also delivering to the game what I'm really good at. And if that's either running the ball or, or tackling, um, I try and get that, you know, really sort of impose myself in the game doing that. Hey, Jake, one of the things that I see as the game continues to develop and evolve, and, and probably we're, we're so far down the line of, of how we actually play and the structure and the system that we play within, I see these opportunities presenting themselves for running halfbacks all of the time around the fringes. Um, where, you know, the guys who are defending in that one, two, three position quite often, their focus leaves the halfback very, very early. How often do you feel that, see that when you review? And can you work things into the game plan to allow you to do that? Because I know it's not just a case of having a crack, because if you have a crack, you'll often get Mm. turned over if nobody else is there with you. So it's not just as simple as saying, hey, it's your thing to do. But how do you build, can you build on that? Is it something you're considering? Yeah, I, no, I, there's a, obviously when you review games, you see opportunities where they have no idea about you as a halfback. And you sort of, it's very hard when, obviously, when you play in a team where they don't have any threat between the nine and 10. And if you do have a crack and you're isolated, you often get the ball turned over. Um, yeah. But something that I've, I've ended up, well, that I've got better at is looking at body language of a bigger guy. Um, and sort of the approach on the way to the ruck and see if they're even looking at me. Um, and that took me a long time to even realise. Um, I've only started sort of picking up on that in sort of the last six months where you've sort of got a bigger bigger prop, bigger second row later in the phase count. Um, and he's, I guess, doesn't have eye contact with you or anything. It's probably, a, more often than not, he's probably going to fall for a dummy or I guess not be engaged to your play whatsoever. Um, but yeah, that's probably something I look for when I look around that sort of one, two, three defence. Nice. One of the greats uh, in, in Shoot Shield who does that all the time is Josh Holmes. I, I watch him. He, he, that guy can sell a dummy better than anyone, I reckon, at, at Shoot Shield level. Mate, give us a bit about your background, speaking of Shoot Shield. You obviously played for Sydney University and you're probably one of the only sort of juniors in that catchment that's ever played for them. <laughs> Talk us through it, where you come from and, uh, and how did you work your way through the system? Yeah, so... Oh, the boys are going to get into me about this. I've been mentioning I'm from Newtown a bit too much recently. But, yeah, so <laughs> I, um, I grew up in Newtown and I'm sure you guys would know it's not a uh, – not many people know about rugby in that area. Um, anyway, so I played rugby league at Lewisham Christian Brothers um, from about year seven to ten uh, and played rugby union on the weekend for Canterbury where Falau Fanga and Tolly Latu played – that was quite enjoyable playing with them actually at that age, sort of the same age since then. But um, played there on the weekend, um, eventually stopped playing league for, for Lewisham and then went to Blackwater Bay, which is a year 11 and 12 school in Piermont. Um, from there, started playing for Sydney Uni in year 12. Play any sort of rep footy or anything. Um, and then became met Tom Carter, um, who was very... Uh, very hard on me from a young age, but also got the best out of me um, and played Colts there, Colts, played Colts threes, twos and ones in my in year 12. Um, and then, God, might have been the next year, uh, made my first grade debut. 
and there was a halfback at the time called Jock Merriman, and we sort of he was uh, involved in Australian schoolboys, great halfback, and we sort of uh, rotated in and out for the sort of the next two years, and then 2016 came, um, and there was a great halfback coach there called Garrett Cowley. Uh, he's played a bit of rugby at eggs that I played for Samoa, uh, very crafty halfback, and he actually. Uh, taught me quite a lot of stuff around sort of halfback play. He was probably the first guy to really challenge me around ruck defence, getting out, kicking, passing, you know. Before that, um, playing especially at a club level, I could box kick a ball 30 metres uncontested and there'd be no worry whatsoever. And he was a guy who used to harp on it, kicks too long, kicks too long. Um, and that really changed, you know, the amount of effort I put into my extras and stuff like that. And then sort of later that year, played for Country Eagles. We ended up losing that final purse spirit. Um, the next year, made my Super Rugby debut uh, against the Lions in Joburg. Um, but yeah, that's sort of a bit of a summary. Of, you know, growing up in Newtown, loved skateboarding. Used to skate up and down King Street all the time. Um, but yeah, probably uh, the expectation probably wasn't there that I would. Um, you know, when I was 14, 15 to play professional rugby, I only really sort of always loved playing with my mates and stuff in the backyard, but only sort of realised that could be a potential opportunity once I came to Sydney Uni and met, you know, the likes of Tom Carter and, and Garrett Cowley and people like that. You're right on the, you're at, you're at that stage in your career where you need to take this next step into, hmm. you know, regular international rugby and, and cracking it, you know, sort of on the big time. Um, what are the apart from the things that you've mentioned? Are there any other areas of your of your game, either mentally or other things, that maybe you need to do to see if you can, um, you know, get a, find a regular spot in and around the Wallaby somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Like I think for me at the moment, um, I need to be consistent. You know, I think that's probably a big part. You know, it's all well and good. You know scoring a few tries and us winning by 45 points. But as a team also, um, I've got to take some responsibility around a younger group as well. Um, you know, we've got a great leader in Rob Simmons, obviously with Michael Hooper and Alex Newsom as vice-captain. Vice um, but, you know, I also need to lead the team around the park and, you know, not so much just score tries, but exit at the right ends of the field, play the right options in attack. Um, and I guess my decision-making around the right and wrong decision um, but yeah, I, I think for me at the moment, my core skills need to be there for me to compete at that level. Physically, I, I feel like I can I can do that tackling and running. Uh, I feel like I'm a good kicker of the ball. But yeah, I think for me to really, um, I guess, uh, advance to that next level, need to really be able to control games, especially in those tight ones and be able to close them out. The uh, COVID situation that we've just been through, and I guess you guys are, um, you know, in semi in a bubble as well, has that kind of forced your hand a little bit in, in terms of grabbing that leadership role a little bit more prominently? Do you, do you feel like that you've had, to, you've had to step up in this period of time um, because of those reasons? Um, probably not so much. I, I, I probably realised pre-season last year when the Wallabies hadn't come back yet. Um, and there was probably only about two or three guys over the age of 25. That's probably when it first struck me that this is a group that needs to be led, uh, especially for the time being that the Wallabies weren't around. Um, that was probably when it first hit me. And, and for a half, you know, halfbacks probably touched the ball the most on the field. Um, 
and that just comes with the responsibility that you need to, I guess, lead teams. Um, so yeah, that's probably when it first struck me. Um, and then being out for a long time, um, with, with my injury, um, and sort of what I ended up doing, uh, some stuff with wits around exits and I watched some tape and probably got a better understanding of the game. Um, and that was probably, I tried to then transfer that onto the field a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I think preseason was probably the time where I realized this team needs some leadership. We've touched on a few of those young guys, Jake. Um, how do you ensure that, you know, we don't put too much pressure on them because we, we, we do have a tendency and I've seen it over the years hanging out in Australian rugby like I have that, you know, the next, the next um, shiny new thing comes along and we're saying this bloke's a world beater, he's going to be unbelievable. I can't tell you how many times I've heard it about the 20 kids in those 20s programs. We're all saying these guys are unbelievable. But we, we all know equally that it takes time to develop consistent skills, as you just said. How, how do you ensure, and, you know, what role can you play or others, or what can we play in terms of, you know, keeping these guys on, on the straight and narrow, as it were? The amount of times that I've seen articles come out about, you know, a, a, a young the next Wallaby after, no disrespect, playing one or two good games. Um, I think we've all seen that. I think... For a young guy at the age of 20, it's probably not a good thing for them. You know, I think definitely praise and say, like, I'm all about, you know, positive reinforcement to players. And I think reward, I guess, having and saying that was a really good game is very beneficial. But putting pressure on young guys from a young age that they're going to be the next big thing, I don't think is going to help them in their, in their endeavours to make high, higher honours. But, you know, I think, for example, a great coach, you know, obviously Rob Penny, I think has really done a great job with those young guys, um, you know, and it's also our responsibility around them, you know, like Will Harrison, for example, number 10 for the Waratahs, you know, he's got a lead around Michael Hooper, Rob Simmons, you know, some guys that have played a hundred games for their country is really difficult, you know, and I think for us to uh, give them the confidence that they can do that, uh, which is Rob Penny has done. He has showed a lot of faith in the young guys, um, and also gave them the opportunity to blood them. You know, it wasn't a, a rational call of throwing them in and then, you know, shit, it's a fan. And then we have a, you know, a reaction. He said, you know, you guys are ready. You're old enough. You're ready to make, you know, run a team. Let's do it. Um, and I think they've done that quite well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I guess the, the fruits of all that hard work and, and all that, you know, the, the pain that the, the Waratahs have been through came, came to um, fruition on Saturday night against the Reds. And so you've got the force this week. What are you expecting from them? You know, watching them, they're really good at holding the ball. They actually play a quite expensive, you know, game of rugby. Um, you know, I've, I've seen the, the winger, uh, that Byron, Looks like a, a pretty dangerous guy. Um, John O'Lance plays very hard at the line with those forwards. Um, depending on Frisbee or Pryor, but both great kickers of the ball. They put us under a lot of pressure last time they kicked the ball. Um, and, uh, you know, I think f- for us, we, uh, we need to stop. The, you know, last time I watched in that first half, we had a lot of errors um, and we compounded errors. They put up a contestable kick, we'd drop it. They'd shift the ball put us down our end, we'd either lose the line out, uh, maybe be straight back under the pump. You know, they've got a lot of big ball carriers. Fergus Lee Warner's a great carrier. Um, they got, you know, I actually think a quite impressive team and uh, a higher expectation than I thought they were going to be. Um, 
so yeah, I think for us, um, you know, we know our blueprint now on how to play rugby. Um, you know, we've, we've got obviously great ball players and, and dangerous guys out wide. And I think after seeing that Reds game, we have the confidence now to shouldn't depend on the weather. Um, expansive rugby is the way the Waratahs want to play. Hey, Jake, you've mentioned a couple of halfbacks so far today. Tell me, who, who's the who's a halfback that you really enjoy playing against, either because of the challenge or you feel like you can maybe get one over them? And and who's somebody that you really have struggled with? You mentioned Dwira Kabalo before. Is there anybody else you maybe think, hey, this guy's is always a real challenge? Oh, look, I think Aaron Smith's a guy that's obviously a massive competitor. Um, and he's always looking for space and you're always on your toes playing him. You've, like I, you know, I remember at a scrum, they had a scrum sort of like a 5-1 with the winger on the, on the, on the blind. And I knocked off for a second, bang, straight down that edge, ended up passing down the edge and scoring. Uh, but he's a guy that's looking the whole time. You can see him scanning. Um, he was a halfback. Or you just Another guy who had a lot of... Uh, he was like obviously a very dominant ball player and someone you can always hear on the field and you can feel their presence the whole time. Um, probably Will Genya was another one. Um, I've probably only played him maybe once or twice. Um, but I played him last year at the SCG and it was to run straight at the 10. And as it came dribbling out, he came quite high on the feed. And as I went to pick it up, knocked it, knocked it out of my hand. They got the turnover. He then kicks it up onto the 50. It's like, wow, you know, it was a direct play on a halfback. And I haven't really sort of copped that from another halfback before. Um, and he sort of gave me the look and I was like, wow, fair play to him. So they're probably two halfbacks I found uh, a real sort of, I was quite impressed after playing them. Yeah. Sanchez was running around in club rugby in Brisbane on the weekend, which was pretty cool. So it's good to see him giving back to uh, to Brizzy Rugby. Mate, just just finally, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but um, mate, am I right in assuming you live with a couple of your teammates? Yeah, do we get them up here? Oh, mate, if they're around... <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, who, do you, who do you live with? Who have you got? No, so I've had to sneak up here. I said I was talking to my parents. Otherwise, you'd have them all in the background here. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was, I was trying to keep my voice down a little bit because they're down there at the moment. I live with Lockie Swinton. Uh, he's a funny bloke, awesome bloke that I live with. Alex Newsom, um, Mitch Short and Deco Donahue. Um, but it's a it's a fun house, you know, great friends. Um, you know, we uh, we all take our rugby quite seriously, but also quite good at, you know, relaxing when, when we've got our time off. Um but yeah, some big personalities in here. Uh, I was going to say, there's some there's some big personalities indeed. Who's got the biggest? I mean, Lockie Swinton on the field is an enforcer. Is he an enforcer in the kitchen? But maybe. No, he's pretty basic in the kitchen. I think Alex Newsom <laughs> probably backs himself the most in the kitchen. Uh, Swinton eat anything, honestly. I don't think he's not a picky guy. You see, if you leave your scraps in the kitchen, he's cleaning them up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun living here. Fantastic, mate. Well, we really appreciate your time today and um, we, we wish you all the best against the Western Force on Friday night. It should be a cracker of a game up there at Seabus um, on the Goldie. Do you get a chance? You guys are FIFO, aren't you? You fly in, fly out? Yeah, a bit disappointing. You know, Carmichael <laughs> was saying a lot of fun up in the Gold Coast, but yeah, we're straight in and out, straight back here. So not too much fun. No worries, <laughs> mate. Well, we wish you all the best. Thanks so much for joining us and thank you, Kaif, as well, for your time today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jake. Good on you, mate. Thank you very much, guys.
and thank you for listening at home. Make sure you leave your comments and uh, and and tweet us and, and message us on Facebook and all that sort of stuff. We really appreciate everyone who's listening to the Fox Rugby Podcast. Thanks so much for your time. We'll chat to you next week.